So I found a passage in the suttas that might be of interest mm -hmm. to others. So I thought I'd. It's similar to the uh, sutta on the the dart. It's called the dart or the sick ward. So the Blessed One said this, And how is one undeveloped in body and undeveloped in mind? There is a case where a pleasant feeling arises in an ordinary person. On being touched by the pleasant feeling, he becomes impassioned with pleasure and, it, and is reduced to being impassioned with pleasure. His pleasant feeling ceases. With the cessation of that pleasant feeling, there arises a painful feeling. On being touched with a painful feeling, he sorrows, grieves, becomes distraught. When that pleasant feeling had arisen in him, it invaded his mind and remained because of his lack of development of the body. Mm. When that painful feeling had arisen in him, it invaded his mind and remained because of his lack of development of the mind. This is how one is undeveloped in body and undeveloped in mind. So when there's a pleasant feeling, why is it when there's a pleasant feeling, it invades his mind because he's undeveloped in, undeveloped in body? Mm. So in regard, to, in regard to the pleasure, you need to be developed in the body, or developed in regard to the body. And then regarding the pain, you need to be developed in regard to the mind. That which is deemed pleasant, pleasant, that which is which is considered agreeable, is that which is obtainable through the senses. So it's fundamentally bodily; it pertains to the body, and pleasure is experienced through the body. The pleasing sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. Now your mind might be delighting in the prospect of it, but even then, you want to be touching these pleasures with the body, so to speak. You want to be consuming food, uh, enjoying music, or, or whatever the pleasure you're seeking. So it is bodily. It lands on the body. Like the counterpart of the sense object are the sense organs. They're the, the, the recipients of, of what the uh, objects have to offer. And those objects are agreeable and disagreeable. That's the same for Putujana and for an Arahant. There's no difference there. But the difference is that for a, uh, for a non-Arahant, for somebody who is not free from sensuality, the, the, the pleasure of the senses, the sense organs that enjoy the sense objects, is their pleasure, is the pleasure that they delight in, that they cannot remain indifferent towards. That's what it means, like, have, being touched by the pleasure, you can't prevent that. So there is a pleasing sight, just the reason I saw it. You can't prevent that. So the touch of the pleasure is there. Mm. But that does not necessarily mean that automatically your mind must be craving it, delighting in it, wanting more of it, seeking it out, acting out of it, and everything else. That's why I mean, we said that in so many talks, because the suttas, there's so many suttas about it. When the Buddha would say, like, having seen something, heard something, taste something, he doesn't welcome it, he doesn't delight it, he doesn't act out of it, he doesn't entertain it. Not like he, prevent, he, he prevents it from, from being experienced in the first place. That's not possible. You can restrain yourself and contain how much of these things will come your way so you're not overwhelmed. Because if you're constantly bombarded by, 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 by pressure of the pleasing sights, sounds, smell, taste, touches, you won't be able to handle it. So yes, you need to be restrained, withdrawn, but sooner or later something agreeable will arise. And the, the problem 
is never in those things that um, that arisen, that have arisen. The problem is in you not being able to remain unmoved by it. So that's how you develop yourself in regard to your own body. Because the extent of your body is the extent of your sensuality. All these sense objects in the world, the variety of them, all of that is unified by the pleasure that's experienced only through this body. So in other words, all you can experience is your sense organs experiencing sense objects. You have no direct line with the sense objects. You do so only when you have fully assumed the ownership and you stop seeing, basically, the sense organs for what they are. Then all you see is me and things I want. But any wanting, any pursuit, any central engagement uh, is only on the basis of the sense organs providing you with it. So being developed in regard to the sense organs means being developed in regard to your own body. All of that is within that framework of your six sense bases. That's why it's often referred to as as bases or fields, the um, uh, ayatanas in, in the suttas, it's through which the sights manifest. But people are obviously generally not aware of, of their sense organs in the true nature, so all they see is just sense objects. So then whether it's uh, sensuality pleasing me or, or aversion displeasing me and so on, you know, it's all projected out there in the world, like, oh, this is the cause of it, this is this is what upsets me, this is what pleases me. But fundamentally it's just your eyes are upset or displeased or, or pleased and, uh, and uh, delighting in something that they've seen. That's the, the whole simile of the five animals whereby you have no say in what those animals want to eat and what do they deem agreeable but you have a say in whether you allow them to go there or not. So being developed in regard to the animals means being developed in regard to the body. So when those animals do experience pleasure, oh look, they saw something exciting, if you're developed in regard to the body, means uh, the excitement of those animals cannot overwhelm you. In other words, they cannot take charge. Um, So when they do see something or hear something or touch something agreeable, uh, you see it for what it is. It's just an agreeable thing of these animals that they would want to partake in. But you don't lose your perspective. So whether you allow the animals to partake in it or not is determined by the wisdom of your perspective. And that's what I mean. The clearer that becomes, the easier the sense restraint is. But fundamentally, it's, it, it has to be dealt with in that sense. The, the sense restraint needs to be developed because you cannot even fathom being developed in the body which means not being moved by the prospects of pleasure or or threats of pain remaining equanimous towards it without having invested effort in sense restraint beforehand that's inconceivable <laughs> so in terms of pain painful feeling overwhelms mm. Well, pain, pain is like if you were overwhelmed by the pain, means now that's the more on the mental side. But, but fundamentally, it's like, see, when pleasure touches you, not having enough of pleasure, it's painful. And now if you want to get rid of that pain, which is not physical now, obviously. It's not pertaining to the body. It pertains to the, that which body lacks. So it's now your recognition of not having enough, for example, of sense objects that you want. And now you suffer. That's mental not uh, 
wanting to get rid of that mental, that feeling that has arisen as a result of your mm -hmm. mental assumptions and expectations, oh, you're not developed in the mind. So when the pleasure touches you on the level of the body, if that overwhelms you, you're not developed in the body. When the pain touches you on the level of the mind, expectations, wanting this, not wanting that, you know, as the Buddha would say, um, being paired with things you don't want and being separated from things you want, it's fundamentally the basis of any dukkha. And that is, a, that is a mental attitude, what you want. Because like in sensuality, say, you let the animals enjoy sensuality, and your mind now wants more of it. Animals still are occupied with what they are eating, tasting, touching. But your recognition, your loss of right perspective, sees that there could be more of this. And now that's the mental pain in regard to not having enough for what you took for granted. So developed in the mind, developed in the body. It's the same principle of development, by the way. It's not like these two separate things. If you are developing yourself in the body, by, 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 by sort of not being overwhelmed by the prospects of pleasure that manifests in the body, you are developing yourself in the mind because uh, part of that development is not to resist that uh, painful feeling of restraint. See for what it is, not try to get rid of it. So if you practice developing in the body, in the body, your mind will come along. If you practice development in the mind, your body will come along. So how, how can you develop yourself in the mind? So well, like say something upsets you today. Mm -hmm. There is the unpleasant feeling, enduring. What is your attitude towards it? So it's mental feeling. It's not bodily. Your senses are calm, eyes, you know, you're not agitated because you're looking at something disagreeable or hearing something that's really unpleasant or, or, or burning with some painful sense of touch. So bodily you're fine, but you're not fine. Because something did upset you and your mind revolves around it. Mm -hmm. So what is your attitude towards that displeasure? If it's trying to get rid of it. So yeah, there you go. So that means that you're already kind of, if you're trying to get rid of it, means you don't want to see it for what it is. You just want it to not be there because you basically act entitled as if you have a right to not experience these things, which means you don't really understand the mind and you're certainly take, trying to take control of it in, in that, in that uh, appropriate sense. Oh, this is mine. I don't want this to be here. I'm the ruler controller here. But if you were the ruler controller, these things would have not arisen in the first place. Things you have to deal with. But you can be, you can, in a way, be the master. Be the master by removing the ownership that you don't have to begin with. You, you can be the master by stop borrowing money from others and building your kingdom on top of that. Because when they come in to collect what you owe them, you have to give them your kingdom. So you were not a master ever. But if you build your kingdom not on borrowed gold and, and valuables, then nobody can take that away. Mm -hmm. So you develop yourself in the mind by first and foremost not resisting that mental feeling, not trying to get rid of it. So if you you start developing yourself in the body by being sense restrained, then the mind will start to rebel against it sensory strain will, will be felt unpleasantly, not enough pleasure, it will all be felt on a mental level.
if you don't resist that now, you're now developing yourself into mind. Now you might ask, how long, how long do I have to not resist that? Indefinitely. That's the attitude that, that needs to be developed. It's not like oh, I do this for a week, then all the problems will be sorted, and then I'll go back to my life as an enlightened person. No. You are reshaping pretty much the, the way you exist, because the way you exist is flawed. It's based on anicca, it's based on um, appropriation, it's based on gratuitous ownership, upadana, holding, all these things that one must get rid of if one wants to be free from suffering. So you have to have the attitude of, I'll never resist pain. Doesn't, doesn't mean like I'll never move if my, if my body aches physically. But mentally, when there is any form of mental discomfort, I will not try to get rid of it for its own sake. In other words, you want to be practicing how to be uh, unmoved, unpressured by the pressure, by things that pressure you. And for that, your lifestyle needs to change. Sensory strength, virtue, sila, and so on, as we covered in so many previous talks. But then on top of that, when you do experience this discomfort uh, of the mental kind, mind resisting, there is, uh, that's where the work is. The untrained mind resists, like, like a wild monkey. I don't want this, and he kicks and screams, even more than the other senses do. That's why I said the mind is the hardest to tame. But mm -hmm. you can't tame it if you have set up some perimeter of sense restraint, so there is no spilling over after, over that. So your behavior is kept in check, and then, yeah, things will come up. You, and that's what I mean. You don't even need to be seeking out things to disturb yourself with, to practice. All you need to do is restrain your other senses, and that's already going to be a disturbance for a mind that's not free from sensuality. All you need to do is don't go and seek company and careless chit-chat and pointless talk live in solitude for somebody who hasn't developed that that's already going to be a disturbance mind will already be resisting that because mind wants things more depends on engagement and so on mm -hmm. you feel the the vacuum that you've you know this of craving well it, yeah yeah the craving needs to maintain if you stop maintaining it it's going to be felt like a vacuum but again if you if you sustain it if you don't break the precepts that vacuum will evaporate and then the pressure will go with it. And then you will actually start preferring solitude, preferring sense restraint, preferring non-disturbance. And you will have no problem when unpleasant feeling arises in your mind to not resist it. Because why? As the Buddha said, because now you know it as impermanent. You see it as unownable. And that's more than enough for you to not suffer on account of it. So when people keep saying, oh yeah, it's impermanent, it's impermanent, yet they still suffer, means they don't see impermanence for what it is yeah, it's like they just try to apply the impermanence onto things that bother them so the things stop bothering bothering them but you can't do that that you're trying to practice on your own terms that's not how it works so first you need to stop resisting it indefinitely and infinitely and accept that pain as unchangeable and now you will have to endure it how long what what no idea it's like you you have to decide that your mode of being from now onwards is non-craving you know it's the mode sure. of non-craving forever yeah and, and now everything else you put put aside 
Oh, but what about this? What about this? Buddha said you must see this. You must see. Yeah, all of things that the Buddha said you should see, you can see on the basis of non-craving. So if you adhere to non-craving, non-resisting the displeasure, not welcoming the pleasure, so you don't go towards pleasure, you don't try to outrun the pain. But for what has arisen, you remain mindful of it for as long as it endures. What pleasure or pain that arises on the basis of sensory strength and virtue, that's that's your taming ground. Within that right. now, you need to tame your mind and not act towards pleasure and not act trying to get rid of the pain. If you have not been acting by body and by speech, now you can start seeing even mental acts of hoping for it to not be there or hoping for it to stay longer. You'll see it. And by seeing it for what it is, you're already addressing it correctly. This Enduring it infinitely. Yeah. Doesn't matter whether, how, if it lasts only for five minutes or five days. Doesn't matter. Your attitude is, this will be endured infinitely. And I must not have a problem with that. Because if I have a problem with that, I'm trying to take the ownership back. And it's because of that ownership that I suffer in the first place. Because that's the, the place you want to be at is, as you said before, to be able to not be moved, to be able to endure any pressure mm. without being upset or bothered by it. So, mm. which is, so it doesn't matter if there is pressure anymore. You, want, you don't want to be at peace when there's no pressure. You want to be at sure. peace when there is sure. utmost pressure. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so your goal is not to not have pressure. Your goal is to not be moved by any yes, pressure. Yes, so yes. whether the pressure is there or not, you remain indifferent. Yeah. So that's why you wouldn't yeah, be yeah, seeking out pressure to prove a, anything, yeah. nor would you be afraid of the pressure if it does yeah. come. Or hoping, again, hoping that no pressure will, or be hoping no that pressure. no pressure will come. Yeah. One, one part of being developed in the body is um, knowing the extent of the pleasure. You know, like say you want to you want to eat something agreeable you get intoxicated by the object i.e. food when you forget that the final outcome is just food in your stomach so just passing through the the, the the sense of taste and that's it that is it can it cannot be more than that so if you don't forget that before you even start eating you will not be able to be as intoxicated with the objects of of, of your desire that you're eating same with any other sense you realize that doesn't matter the extent of the pleasure you might be able to get from it it's going to remain bound with literally with the physicality of your sense organ it cannot be more than that you are making it more than that by forgetting that it's ultimately only pertaining to the eye ear mouth body nose and so on so that's that means Pretty much, even before you engage with the pleasure, you already have the end of that pleasure. You already see where it ends. So that's what Buddha, Buddha describes. He understands the extent of gratification. To any sight is always bounded by extent. It, yeah, but, but I just want to see this thing that I've never seen before. Outcome of that will be that which you experienced many times before. I seeing agreeable. Doesn't matter what. Only when you forget that general nature you get pulled by the specificity of a thing of a sight sound melting but i never tasted that what an agreeable taste exactly You've but what is the value of that agreeability so you never had agreeability oh no i had it all the time there you go it's the same thing so not losing the sight of that context will significantly 
sort of reduce the amount of your intoxication with the object and the variety. That's what we said. The, 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 the reason why man's desires grow is like uh, the variety, diversity, diversity of sight, sound, smell, taste, touches. They sort of induce more and more desire in the mind that's not developed in regard to the body. Because you fail to understand it. doesn't matter the variety of the sense object, the sense base is the same. And it's measured by agreeable, disagreeable, or neither. That's it. So if, 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 if that's kept in mind, that's already, you're already seeing, at least to some degree, clearer the extent of gratification. Oh, it cannot pass this. It cannot be more than that. The pleasure I can get through this cannot, cannot exit this framework of, of the eye organ. Which, yeah, which naturally then starts to which already devalues it for seeing it for what it yeah. is which, oh it's just yeah. that but when you forget that that's when you get pulled in the variety of things and and that's infinite mm. yeah. the permutations of sense o of sense objects are infinite so that's how i the desire feels infinite equal infinite in in a mind that's not practice restraint it just feels un insatiable because you placed it upon things that are infinite so in that sense it is insatiable but all you need to do is step back onto the context of the nature. Doesn't matter how infinite your desire and prospect of pleasure is. What is it? Sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. It's bound with that sense. And to that extent, all you're going to have is pleasing sight. Pleasing sound. Doesn't matter how, how greatly pleasing, it still just felt pleasantly. That's it. And, and it cannot step outside of that. It cannot be more than that. So the gratification has been, has been understood to its full extent. You see the extent. Yeah. Seeing the extent of gratification means basically seeing the extent of the danger as well. And then seeing the way out. Like you really want to go and, I don't know, listen to s some music or, or something. The desire towards that specific object is there, present, enduring. You don't need to deny that. All you need to do is broaden your perspective and pretty much recollect and remind yourself that it cannot become more than a pleasing sound. Sound that is pleasing to these ears. So your ears, the pleasure, the pain in regard to it or neither, is pretty much the extent of any sense objects that can gratify you or upset you and so on. It's this, this physical body. So, yeah, as you're saying, what have like what haven't you experienced then already? I mean, you might not have ex have experienced the worst kind of pain. Well, the way you should say that is like you sh you should cease, you should stop measuring um, your experience by what have you experienced specifically and what you have what you haven't experienced, and start measuring it on that general level. Like what feeling is there in regard to this specific thing? Mm not what specific thing is there that I have this feeling on account of. Yeah. You, want to be start, you want to start putting that feeling first as a framework. So, in regard to sight, sound, smell, taste, touches and thoughts, you don't want to be focused on the um, content of those organs, of mm. those objects. You want to be seeing how you feel in regard to it, regardless of what the object is. And then you start recognizing that, well, that's how you learn then to measure your experience by that um, more general framework and not be pulled by the specific things that come through your senses. 
So next time, if you train your mind in that, pleasing sight, displeasing sound, doesn't matter. All you see is there is pleasure, mind is leaning towards it. There is displeasure, mind leaning away from it. But if you see the object first and then the pleasure or the pain as a result of that, you're not, uh, not going to see how your mind is already leaning towards mm. or away from it. You'll be concerned with the object. Mm. Because it's... And then again, you see, you have a touching experience and you have your mind leading towards it. And a painful... and, and so on. And, and again, and again, and again. Mm. So it's the same, same thing. Same occurring. principle, Same yeah. principle constantly revolving around occurring, yeah. occurring. I mean, it's you know you get to be quite dispassionate as opposed. Well, no, even that's that's usually what happens. Like when people overindulge in sensuality, if they have access to it, mm. usually depression is the outcome of it, because you just go numb through that constant repetition. Because yeah, even even with all the wrong views and all the central assumptions, the reality starts becoming more and more obvious. It's the same. One or hundred, it's the same. Same feeling that's there in regard to it. And that becomes depressing for the mind that still wants more. Yeah. Becomes very liberating for the mind that wants to free itself from it. But that's not always the direction that people will take. Yes, in seeing seeing that same pleasure, that same pain, and that same mental movement happen again and again. I was saying that's what I said is that it's enough for you to become dispassionate. Mm. Just seeing that sure, again. Sure, and sure, sure. If there is any wisdom, that would be enough for you to 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 turn towards this passion and valuing it. Yeah. Because I've had that. Yeah. What I'm times. trying to say is. It's not going to happen automatically, so people shouldn't expect, oh, if I just scratch myself, scratch the central edge to the point of feeling sick about it, yeah, yeah. then I'll turn to this passion. Yeah. Not necessarily. No. Wisdom is required to start valuing this passion. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. You, but you don't see that level. If mm, you're engaging mm, with mm, mm, sensuality, you don't mm. see that general level. Yeah. So how would you, for example, measure then prospects of bodily pleasure what would you do well, say there's something very agreeable waiting for you over there when we finish this what do you do do you not go there do you shut your eyes nose how would you deal with it I'm just uh, well I would be I say aware careful. of it, but yeah, I'm trying to find mindful, aware, yeah. careful of of that yeah. feeling. Which feeling? Feeling, any feeling, whatever I'm feeling. Yeah. And if I go there and I feel, but you're already so okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's my point. So, although you're not there, knowing that there is something there, yeah, but there could be something there. The prospect of it, it's already felt now. Right, right. So, yeah, so you don't need to, oh, present. when I go there, I'll be, all I need to do is be careful in regards to the prospect here. Mm-hmm. Through the framework of being careful about the prospect here, when you're there, in that actual prospect that's now actual, uh, you're already careful. Because you already see, this is the gateway for the, 
for, for any pleasure to come. Same, or there is something bad there waiting for you. But the badness is felt now. Exactly, exactly. The badness is felt now. So that's when people start practicing sense restraint. It's always going to be mind will be there in regard to things they're saying no to and so on. But you realize, yeah, okay, that's how you start. But it's actually, it's already here. Although I'm not engaging with those things, I'm already feeling it here. And that's the yeah. gateway. So I should not be, oh, I must never see that here. No, I should develop myself in regard to feeling I'm feeling right here, right now. In regard to the prospect of something to be seen or heard or smelled or tasted or touched. Because you're, al- you're already welcoming, you're already yeah. resisting. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Instead of being concerned with the particulars, with the uh, content of your experience, you start seeing, you put, start putting the present enduring feeling first in regard to the content. So in this case, the context, content is still like not quite defined, or there is something there, probably pleasant, waiting for you. But the feeling here that's agreeable on account of that, it's already defined. As far as the feelings can be defined in itself. You recognize it. There is agreeability. Just by the simple knowledge that there might be something agreeable there for me on a more specific level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that feeling of agreeability doesn't change. That's the gateway through which you then accept the more specific agreeability of these sense objects and so on. So you don't need to wait to go there to deal with it. You can deal with that feeling here and now, not delight in it, not welcome it, remain careful in regard to it. Doesn't matter what's there. If you end up even seeing it and so on, if it's nothing unwholesome, you won't be affected by it. Because you haven't perverted that order. You haven't put the object of your senses first. You remain seeing it on the level of the feeling enduring. And that's the, that whole suit that we did, like uh, entering the forest full of barbs and thorns um, so you have to enter it it's just thorny everywhere how would you do it? very careful move, mm-hmm. move, go slowly so that's the important recognition is to see that it's always here and now things to be dealt with are always here and now and if you have future fear or fear about the future or delight in the future or worry about the past the only reason you're engaged in those directions is because here and now it's either felt pleasantly and you're welcoming it, indulging it, delighting in it, entertaining it, or it's felt unpleasantly and you're trying to get rid of it. Which means you're not seeing where the problem is. You're still on the level of the content of your experience, not the context. As we as we covered in we covered everything in all the talks. <laughs> anyway, yeah.